Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast of two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm your host, Winter Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris, who's got Faces Part 2 coming out tonight. Yes, my goal is, how's it going, man? How's it going? I'm on top of the world, man. I'm on top of the world. <laughs> I'm feeling good, and I'm just ready to get this podcast started because we got some good topics today. Yes, absolutely. And, and uh, uh, to, to, to start it off with, with just thoughts on the 49ers improving and if they can find a way to make the playoffs. Um, this past Sunday, San Francisco beat Cincinnati by three in overtime. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was 27 of 41 for 296 yards and two touchdowns. And the 49ers are currently the sixth seed in the NFC race. And George Kittle had a, just a phenomenal performance as he had 13 catches for 151 yards and a, and a touchdown. But just what are your thoughts on San Francisco looking like just a much improved team and, and kind of thoughts on their playoff sh- playoff chances? Man, they, it looked like they're getting back to the basics and finding ways to get their plays up, their big time players in space. We see Debo Samuels use any other, any way possible, reverses out the backfield, handing the ball off, getting him screen plays, getting him um, mismatches with tight, I mean, well, not tight, mismatches with linebackers, whatever they can do to get him open, as well as George Kittle. I love what Cal Shanahan can do with. The players that he have when they're healthy, and Jimmy Garoppolo is playing pretty good, pretty good football. Now meeting the playoffs criteria, man, they're third in in the, in the West, right behind Arizona and in the Rams, but they are, they are over five hundred. The, the chances to get into the playoffs is slim, but if they win out, then it can get interesting for sure. Yeah, definitely, and, and that is really the thing because like it's a packed NFC West. Like like when you have two teams like the Rams and Cardinals up against you, like, do you feel as though like, like that's really kind of the biggest, like, I guess challenge is that the fact that they're having just two teams ahead of them that are, 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 are kind of like, they, they've gotten to a, to a much better start, I should say, than San Francisco has. And that's kind of like been the uphill climb for them. And that's the thing. We, we, you have a, the NFC West is such a, a good division, man. You got Arizona Rams, San Francisco, and Seattle. Seattle is, you know, on a downslope this year. A lot of issues going on in their organization and then a locker room. But you look at all the four teams, they're in and out of the playoffs every single year. So to be able to be successful, Arizona got out early. Rams got moved some parts around and got new guys in there and, and got out early. San Francisco had a slow start. Some of their running backs got hurt out for the season. Demi Garoppolo wasn't playing good football. They were in a, going with Trey Lance and trying to figure out the quarterback situation. Now they're yeah. settled down. They're getting back to the basics, getting their guys open like Debo Samuels, like George Kittle. And, and settling down and get it back to the fundamentals of football. And their defense looks good for the last mm-hmm. two, four games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now, interesting to, to the Rams, just impressive road win versus the Cardinals and offensive boost. Um, on Monday night, L.A. had a 30-23 victory in, in Arizona, and Aaron Donald finished with three sacks. Matthew Stafford um, threw for 287 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and Cooper Cup had thir- 13 catches for 123 123 yards, the eighth 100-yard uh, game this season for the NFL's receiving a leader. But just what are your thoughts on the Rams' win and just the, their offense clicking after you know their three-game losing streak from the middle of the season and them just kind of looking more comfortable in terms of like how they started off the season and, and kind of looking in that same uh, similar fashion now? 
You know, it's extremely crazy how the Rams have moved pieces around. Guys got hurt like Cam Akers, who had a phenomenal year last year. Uh, one of their big guys, Robert Woods, went down. So you you get rookies like Van Jefferson from Florida who can take it off the top, who's been a big part of their offense. Uh, you still yeah. have Cooper Cup. You go get OBJ. You go get Von Miller. You go get other te- other players. You go get Matthew Stafford from the Lions to, to better your quarterback situation because Jared Goff wasn't it. So you make all these moves. I think they're nine and three. They look good. Yeah, they you know they lost three games, but they were a good game, good football team. They lost a good film. One was the Green Bay Packers, who's the number one in the um <laughs> number one seed. Yeah. 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 I gotta, gotta, I gotta, gotta add that in. Gotta add that in. I, <laughs> I gotta post a little bit. But to the the fact that they can still get players after <laughs> all the top players went off. Like I said, Kim Akers, Robert Woods. Robert Woods is a, a Van Jefferson type, type guy who could take it off the top. Cooper Cup is always going to be in the middle of the field uh, doing little slant routes and different things like that. But to be able to do that and still be nine and three and just replace people, man, what an organization can be do that. And then Matthew Stafford looks so good. The yes. guy look, looks like he's rejuvenated from the Lions. He was still slinging it at the Lions, averaging like 300, 400 yards a game when he was with the Lions. So I think two years ago, he had a 5,000-yard season. So, man, he's playing good football. But I think the Rams are in a good shape, even though they're behind the Cardinals. I think they're in good shape to be to go the distance and in, um, in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I mean, with the Rams, I mean, they're, they're kind of experiencing the same thing that a lot of teams are experiencing in the NFL and also the NBA where – uh, recently, Von Miller was one of nine Rams added to the reserve uh, COVID nineteen list, yeah. um, and 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 I mean they currently have twenty one players on the reserve COVID nineteen list, and it's just the, the numbers keep keep spiking again. Like, do you feel as though it's one of those things, even with the NFL and the NBA, just with with with, with teams just kind of having to almost have that next man up mentality because yeah. this is something that is still it, it's still circulating and the numbers are still spiking. I think that was that was the mindset of any sport or any any organization, even with the business realm. You know, if a guy can't do his job, next guy up, we got to find somebody else. Before COVID, whatever this variant that's out here, has always yeah. been the mantra with football, NBA. The next guy up. That's why we. That's that's why guys recruit. That's why they they find players who have a good history don't have injury history. So it's always the next man up. That's it's no. It's, it's always been like that before COVID. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and now transitioning to most intriguing Week 15 NFL game, um, P- Packers Ravens is a is one that really stands out because obviously mm-hmm. with 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 what Green Bay, you know how well they're looking, top of the NFC, and then with Baltimore, they they they've just kind of been, been experiencing so many different types of injuries and not having that same type of success that they started the season off with. It will be very intriguing to see kind of like how that matchup plays out. As you know, you, you have two teams with two two different types of momentum. Um, with Green Bay rolling, but to you, kind of like, what is your early most intriguing week week fifteen game? You know, you, you're gonna think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. but I think Temple Bay and New Orleans. To be honest with you, um, yeah, I, you know, it's crazy. It, because- it, it really, it really is one it, because uh, last time Tampa Bay was in New Orleans, Brady had a, had a rough game, so it is one of those th- th- those games that 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 can be kind of a sleeper pick. And then the, the stat came out the other day. I think it was probably uh, uh, probably Wednesday or Tuesday. Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. the only one who beat uh, the number one seeds, the, which is the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> 30 <laughs> so, that's 30. I, so that's why I picked it because one, they're a division game. They're already 0-1 against the New Orleans Saints. And then if the, the Saints pull out against them, and I think they still can be over, um, over 500, if, if I'm not mistaken. 
Well, yeah, they're still before they're six and seven. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. To meet, if, to meet five hundred. Yeah, to be at exactly. Mm-hmm. And then they could beat uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and be in a run and, and win out against Atlanta and beat Carolina one more time. So the, it's a possibility they could still get into the playoffs if that happens. But I think that's why the interesting pick. I mean, the, the obvious choice is Green Bay and the Ravens, but you also want to see division rivals go at it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we move on to the NBA, there was the, the recent news of um, Urban Meyer uh, b- being fired at, at Jacksonville. Um, only 13 games that, that, that he was the head coach. And it, it's, it re- really was one of those seasons like they have the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence. And that we all knew it was going to be a long form type of process to, to develop this team into a competent type of team. But with just so many distractions and so many off field you know, allegations and incidents, what have kind of been your thoughts on just how this season played out for Urban Meyer and just the, the struggle that it was on and off the field in Jacksonville? You know, this is not the first time Urban Meyer has had trouble um, as the head coach. And I think it's, it's this shows the difference between NFL and college football and how, yeah. how the, the, the coaching, the coaching strategies are totally different and how you prepare. And I think he, he couldn't build rapport with the coaches that he hired. He couldn't build rapport that with the players that was already there and who he drafted. I don't think his scheme he had was meant for the NFL. It's a lot of guys, a lot of coaches could have cut the mustard. Nick Saban was one. Nick Saban was one. Urban Meyer was another one. Uh, I think it was, it's, the list goes on. There's a bunch of college coaches that went to the NFL. They came back to coach college quick, fast, in a hurry. So I don't think he jailed. I don't think he jailed his his mentality or what he was trying to sell to the players in jail with them. And it kind of, you know, resulted to the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and now transitioning to the NBA and just kind of thoughts on um, the Cavaliers having an efficient start to the season and um, some of the biggest reasons for it. Cleveland is the biggest surprise success story of the NBA season, averaging 12 threes per game and puts them at 16th in the league. But what has kind of like impressed you the most about the Cavs' success this season and just kind of the, the, the competent start they're on? What surprised me the most is that they're number four in the East. Yeah, <laughs> that's the biggest one. That's the biggest one. I, that's, that's, <laughs> yo, that's there right there. Like, right there. It's, it's been a while since the Cavaliers <laughs> has been like, hey, that, that theory. That theory of LeBron ending out his career in Cleveland, I mean, you, n- you never know. You never know. <laughs> you, you never know. And, w- and one, you, season, one season with Bronny in Cleveland, you never know with how good this is. <laughs> <laughs> and you look, at their, you look at their lineup, you wouldn't think anything of it. Like, their, their best player and the guy I'm still big on, who's still going to be a star, is, Col- is Colin Sexton. I've been yes, big on him absolutely. since he's been Alabama. Yes, he's hurt right now. But you I were telling us. It, you were telling us way back. You were telling us way back to, 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 to be on the lookout. I'm telling you, man. The guy is hungry. He reminds me of Gary Payton. He's not a mm-hmm. big scorer. He can, but he's he's a better defender. But I, he, he's hurt right now. But they're playing, and then you got oh Ricky Rubio still playing Ooh. big minutes, man. I think the, uh, the behind the back pass is getting fancy. Yeah, <laughs> and then you still have the beer with the pointed. <laughs> We got Fozzie playing basketball. <laughs> but it's crazy. Like, I mean, they, they're playing good team basketball, man. And, and the one of the, I think yeah. their leader and the guy who, who leads them is hurt right now. But Colin Saxon is the difference. But you got Garland yes. playing big minutes. A guy who's a keep surprising me is Jerry Allen, man. He's he's playing mm. big time. And then Kevin Love. Kevin. 
Kevin Love. Kevin Love. I Kevin feel so Mr. sorry for that guy. <laughs> I feel so sorry for him, bro. Like he used to average 40 20 mm-hmm. a night with the Timberwolves. A night. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was a daily occurrence. It, 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 it was, you, you could count on it every time that it would happen. Like, 20. guaranteed. Guaranteed. At one point, it was like when um, Boogie Cousins, you know, DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins was given 40 20. And back in Sacramento. Went, <laughs> yeah. And, we, and, and, and when Kevin Love that was peak, Cavaliers, that was peak Boogie. That was peak Boogie. Peak Boogie. <laughs> Mr. I'm just going to do it like, yeah, ISO, I'm going to back you down, I'm going I'm to pull up on you. Same thing with Kevin Love. Kevin Love man, has, I mean, from mental health, from LeBron leaving, from him playing with guys that just don't know how to play the game of basketball, that have no chemistry. He's been mm-hmm. through a lot when he's come to his NBA career to be that type of top-tier guy to just nearly forgotten. But, I mean, the Cavaliers are playing good, good basketball, man, and I just want Colin Saxon to get back healthy and lead this team mm-hmm. and surprise a lot of people. Number four now, the 18, what, they're 18 11, I'm not mistaken? Yeah, 18 and 11, which is crazy. Crazy which to is say. Really crazy. <laughs> Last year, we, they were like bottom, bottom half, man. <laughs> we're like, we're not even going to talk about them on this podcast. Now <laughs> they're one of the top. <laughs> right. They were what Detroit is now. Detroit is 4 22, man. What, oh, what is going goodness. on? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Blake Blake left and it was just like, you know what? We're done. We're done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they can't, I don't know who can bring another save them. Detroit ain't been Detroit <laughs> in a long time. Um, but now getting into into uh Zion still being out and just kind of how concerning this is for the Pelicans' future. Um, the former number one draft pick has kind of, you know, no return in sight for the foreseeable future. And New Orleans is eight and twenty-one at the bottom of the West. ESPN Pelicans beat writer Andrew Lopez recently said that the Pelicans quote, still believe that Zion will have a chance to play the season, end quote. And there have also been reports about him kind of, you know, trimming down his weight and ramping up his conditioning prior to the latest setback. Um, but what are your thoughts on Zion still being out and just kind of the impact this can have for the Pelicans as obviously he was a part of their core young nucleus and how he plays is really going to determine their success going forward? Oh, man. I... Yeah, man, it's... The hype of Zion is 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 died down, obviously, for for multiple mm-hmm. reasons, and we I don't think we'll ever see Zion to his full uh, fruition, his full uh, capability, and him to be dominant. We we have glimpse of it, we've seen glimpse of it, and he's still the injuries, man. And then he's just got a foot injection; he's going to be out for another forty six weeks minimum. And at this point. I think fans and even the NBA is like, bro, we tried to give it to you. Now we got to give it back to Luca. And uh, <laughs> Luca's turned into a bad boy. That's your guy, though. But I know I, 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 I'm, still, I'm still waiting for. Still. Oh, still your guy, man. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's like, why? <laughs> why? And I'm still waiting for Brandon Ingram to reach his full capacity. That's that's the one. That's the one. I'm waiting for Josh Hart to reach his full capacity. But the main one for sure is Brandon Ingram. Like, bro, you 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 have the, the He was supposed to be the next KD. He was. And he has that yeah. ability to be the next KG. The the well, not even next KD, KG. Yeah. yeah. Well, KD, sorry, not KG. <laughs> I mean, whoa, like if he wants to do a transformation, <laughs> be, def- be a defensive stalwart. Be a defensive star. <laughs> No, he ought to, he ought to tra- uh, cut them dreads, man. Go ball like KG. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> Anything's possible. 
Rubbing the forehead, anything is possible. Ah, yeah, bro. Still the most epic post game finals. He's spitting everywhere. I know the reporter in here, like, bro, why are you spitting, man? Salama everywhere, man. But no, man, I mean, this team has some potential, but it has Zion has to come back and they have to jail with Zion. And then if yeah. that doesn't happen, this is going to be the same same Pelicans team that we've seen for years, years and years. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and, and we, we we already like mentioned this the episode before, but Steph did reach that milestone of passing Ray Allen yeah. for the all time three point record. Reggie Miller was there, and even doing it at, at the Garden was just like a symbolic moment. Like, do you feel as though sometimes with, with players just like to, to be able to do it at the garden, I, I feel like was just a really historic moment. Like, kind of just what were your thoughts on? Obviously, like we knew it was about to happen, but also him doing it at the garden, just kind of like the 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 pinnacle and just the great moment that was in the scene that was. Man, that's crazy, man! To to do it in a place that's just <laughs> considered one of the uh, the historic historic basketball arenas, man, is is crazy. And to pass a guy like Ray Allen, and then to see the picture of Ray Allen passing Reggie Miller, man, that's is incredible, mm-hmm. incredible accomplishment for both players, but more so Steph Curry because it's more recent, man. Like we were talking about last podcast, Steph Curry, I think, is literally the best shooter that ever played basketball, ever playing basketball right now. The guy has changed the game of of basketball when it comes to approaching three-point shooting or shooting behind the arc, whatever the case may be. I've never seen a guy have four players on him and still make a shot. Even Kobe Bryant, even Michael Jordan. Okay, yeah, and he, and he even said he even said before the he even said after the game. Now I can say I'm the greatest shooter ever because he didn't want to he didn't want to even say it before because he said I don't want to disrespect the shooters that have come before me. Like the another thing I really like about Seth is he respects the history of the game, and even though he knows he's he's a great shooter, he still wanted to respect the ones that came before him before he crossed that record. And that and and that's what makes Steph Curry so special. He does it the right way. He does things yeah. the the right way. He goes about things. One, I love his faith. I love and I, what the father he is, the husband is, and as a basketball player on and off the court, he's a great guy. And to 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 pay homage and respect guys that came before him, man. A lot of players take that for granted. And and I think for Steph Curry to be able to pass those guys, man. I, now he can literally say stamp. He can say it now. He can say it now. <laughs> and then you know who. I want who to, to pass uh, Steph. I want Clay to pass Steph. Yes. Oh my goodness. What a moment that would be. That what would be moment. crazy, but he has to not play with the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Because as long as you're playing with Steph, as long as you're playing with Steph, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You got to leave the Warriors to be able to do that, brother. Yeah. Go to Utah. Do it. <laughs> Mitchell. <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why we were stuck on this Utah thing. Was I the one who was I the one who brought that up? Because <laughs> I always said, yo, go to Utah. <laughs> yeah, I went in to play with Derek Favors. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I went in to play with Derek Favors. I thought it would be a good one or two match. But I tell you, don't do like Harrison Barnes did. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wait, 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 Go to the Mavericks and get traded. <laughs> get traded big game. <laughs> And they give you a close-up when you look, you're so dumb. <laughs> bro, that's the worst feeling, bro. Mid-game, oh you find out you get traded. Mid-game. Hey, um, it's a wrap. It's, it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's when you get on the bus, bro. We're gonna we gonna get you a plane ticket, and uh, you could go over there. You go to Sacramento. I think you went to Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken. Sacramento, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. Man. 
Um, but now transitioning to, to our album reviews and, and our first one being Rush uh, Chomp 2 and just kind of thoughts on how his career has developed. Um, and this new star-studded album, Rush delivers uh, fantastic punchlines. His flows were were excellent and the lyrical content, the lyrical content which was just very strong. And the production was really fascinating as there were, you know, jazzy hip-hop beats and also old-school ones. And some of the most impressive features included, you had Jay Electronica, Big Sean, um, Wale, Jada Kiss, and Big Crit. But mm-hmm. what were kind of your initial thoughts on this album and just how he sounded as, as just... Being being extremely hungry and ambitious, and he's the type of rapper where like th- this was a this was a, a dream like feature list for him, and, and he really kind of yes. wanted to to bring some of the best on it. But kind of what were some of your initial thoughts with it? Slept. He's so slept on. Goodness, and I'll, man. I'll be the first person to say that Russ is so lyrically and bar sound. He's so versatile in his in music, bro. It's insane how good Russ is. And he's been doing mm-hmm. it for years by himself. Mm-hmm. Like from, from top to bottom, man. That is crazy. But man, this this feature list, man. Saha the Prince. Shoot. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes. Big crit. Yes. Okay. Joey Bat, bro. I'm a big fan of Joey Batty. The guy, man, that's one of one of my one of my favorite guys, bro. He because he talks nothing but real since he's been in the, especially uh, America. Oh my gosh, that album was so fire. We need to review that. I, the the note, the note to <clears throat> self song, which he was yes. on with yes. Big Sean while while at him. That's that's ridiculous. That song was ridiculous. That, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Fire! Everybody slid. Everybody yes. slid on that song. My goodness. You can't. I can't pick who had a better verse because everybody was solid. Yeah, on literally, it. it's a tie. <laughs> I'm like, bro, how do you get? Do you got West Side? West Side is slept on too, bro. Sheesh. Like, I, I I started listening to him probably a couple months ago because I saw him do a music video in a bank or something like that. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, dude is flow is immaculate. Dude just just mm-hmm. like going crazy. But man, mm-hmm. this was a fire. Stamped it approved. I'm, I didn't skip no song. I didn't skip any songs. I played it right. No straight. skips. No Five skip. stars. Five stars. Five stars. Top five. Top five. <laughs> this man, <laughs> like late in the year too. This was a late year job. <laughs> he just came and then, in and dropped a five star album. <laughs> then he got Papoose, Pampoose out of retirement because all he do is is rap while driving. I'm going to do freestyles driving. And he got Pampoose out of out of retirement, bro. That's crazy. And well, Snoop ain't never been in retirement. Snoop does oh, so much just, stuff, so. He's never in a retirement. <laughs> <laughs> he does so much stuff, man. We saw him here. Snoop's at retirement? What is that? I'm not going to say There's two people that could, will do anything or try anything. That's Will Smith and Snoop Dogg. They'll do anything, <laughs> bro. Why are you having a cooking show with, uh, what's her name? Um, Martha Stewart. Uh, Martha Stewart. <laughs> Why do you have a cooking show with Martha Stewart? Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, man. But, yeah, this but, was but, fire. Yeah, it really was. And, and in a recent interview he had with with uh, Rory and Maul, he, he was talking about how he not he not only wants to be the rapper Drake is one day, but also the songwriter. Like he said, like that's that's the person he's he's looking up to, and he wants to be like one day. Like, do you feel as though with artists sometimes like you can not not tell, but but you you know like they're looking up to certain people, and they're like, I'm I'm trying to put myself to this limit, even if if I if I may not reach it, but I want to stretch myself to get to this point, possibly one day. The fact that he put Drake up there says something as as an artist because a lot of people hate like Drake ain't he's not like the top tier guy right now he's like number one Uno that's from the past 10, 12 years that's out of Kendrick that's out of J Cole no respect to both of them guys but Drake is number one Uno and to 
it's funny while Russ is not on that level because Russ has been so consistent and he has a crazy fan base, but he's still not on that level. And it's, it, it, it goes to show you how the different tiers are in the music game. Because I don't know if Russ has endorsements like Drake does. Because, you know, Drake has mm-hmm. Jordan, Nike. Yeah. He got the whiskey. He has all these other brands. And I don't know if Russ is there yet. Better better, better World Fragrance. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the Better World Fragrance commercial. <laughs> I'm out of fragrance, man. What is going on? Drizzy, Drizzy. I want my, I want my house I want my house to smell like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> Russ doesn't wear turtlenecks. He got to wear more turtlenecks no. to get on. Got to switch it up, man. Got to switch it up. Got to. <laughs> you got to wear the turtlenecks, bro. That's what it is. A lot of up there. Uh, but man, I think Russ has his own lane, though, which is the beauty of it. He has yes. his own lane. He, he, I like that. The, the he, uniqueness of it. Everything comes through him. He did everything from yes. mixing, master, mixing, mastering. He, he dropped this album on a Tuesday. He dropped this album on a Tuesday night, not a Thursday, a Tuesday. So he wanted to switch it up. Funny. <laughs> Who drops their album on the second day of the week? Literally. Never happens. <laughs> that never happens. It's always like a Friday or like the weekend yeah. or something leading up to it. Because, you know, Roddy Rich got an album dropping um, tomorrow. Tonight? Yeah, tonight. Yeah, right, yeah tonight. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, nah, I mean, I think Russ got his own lane. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any expectations for the for the Roddy album? Any, mm-hmm. any pre-expectations? I wasn't a big fan of his last single, the when he dropped. Um, oh, late at night, late yeah, at night. Late yeah, late at night. It was it was nice, but it 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 was. I mean, I, I want to see him do something else. I want to see him like push through uh, his 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 normal fold and kind of be more versatile and see what he can do with it. Um, because everybody has their own pocket with quotations around yes. that. What what they they know they can do. Test the waters a little bit. I think you're solidified in the game where you can do something, try something, and be able to, if it doesn't work out, bounce back and do the same thing you did before. Because even Young Thug mm-hmm. did something different. Um, Gunna kind of did some stuff different or whatever. Like, though, because that's, I feel like I put him in that category as those type Definitely. of rappers. Yeah. So if they can do, try to something different, I think he can. That's what I'm, my expectation, see what he does differently with his production or his, mm-hmm. like, his, how he constructs songs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now just think to Lucky Days, uh, uh, Candy Drip. Uh, this latest single released a couple of weeks ago and, and was a, just a sultry track that, you know, had a heartfelt bass it, and it really highlights um, Day's signature smooth sound and gets people ready for what he has in store for listeners next year. Um, but do you feel as though Candy Drip was kind of a return to Lucky Days core sound and usual feel? Because um, I, I believe a few podcasts ago, w- w- we reviewed one of his like uh, singles before this and you kind of felt as though mm-hmm. it would sounded like more of an industry track, but like kind of what were some of your takeaways on this one? I thought it was better. Like I, I think yeah. it's definitely a vibe, man. I think Lucky Day has yes. so much range when he sings, and he can find different ways. I feel like he can, he can bust a rap too. I think he he, he could be um be versatile. He as could. Well. I, I think this was dope though. I thought it was I thought it was a good song. I think I thought the production. I thought um production was good. I think I feel like his his voice fit fit the uh beat. I feel like he took his time with it. He punched in and out with his with his ad libs. I think it was a overall solid song. Cause I like Lucky Day. Mm-hmm. I think Lucky Day is Definitely. a good singer. Yeah. The vibe here was really strong. The, the, oh yeah. Like like the, the vibes were immaculate on this track. Um, but 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 now listening to, to uh, Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels review and just it being kind of an album of the year contender from the jump. Um, in her latest album, she kind of draws on her own personal experiences to put together just a fully realized version of love and loss. 
Um, she adds more nuance to comments, comment stories of romance and Sullivan's vocal range, which is put on full display here. But what, what were kind of your, some of your thoughts on this album and, and her being the so- type of songwriter who's always kind of, you know, confronting emotions with compassion? Way to come back, first and foremost, because Jasmine Sullivan was out was out in the music game and she was kind of quiet for a little bit. And then you just drop this crazy album and you just take off again. You get the Super Bowl, you you get your live shows, you're 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 touring back again. But man, what a album. Well, I didn't I forgot how I forgot how good Jasmine Sullivan can sing. And how she can push, and she has that that range. It's it's different. People can sing, but she can sing, sing. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a group of people who can sing. Jennifer Hudson, sing, sing. Mm-hmm. Jamie Sullivan, sing, sing. Chloe and Holly, sing, sing. It's, it's a group of women. I'm just naming all women because we're talking about Jamie Sullivan. But there's a group of people who can really sing. Miguel, sing, sing. So when when she and, you, and be able to put it into your music and that's listenable and, and intriguing and engaging, that's the hardest thing because a lot of people can sing, but they can't put songs together. They can't construct good songs. They they hit or miss, but she hit every song on this album once again. Step five stars. Definitely. Matter of fact, price tags, price tags with Anderson Pac. Goodness, man. Hey, like, man. The, the... Hey, Reese, I need a uh uh a um a Mario coin, the coin thing for me. <laughs> oh, he had it for a difference. That's for a different sound effect. <laughs> Please help me out, brother. I need a little coin, Mario coin flip. But, but, but were, were there kind of any like were there like a two or, or three tracks on here that you kind of felt like were were certain highlights, or do you feel just feel as though like the whole album was just kind of unskippable? Oh no, she had some. She had some specific ones on here. It was pick up your feelings. Yes, Ari's tale. I like I, I like how it, it, it kind of gave you a little boom and then it hit on it. On it was fire. Like I'm a big fan of art. And then when you bring innocent pack into the mix, price tag was so telling fire. You, telling you. I'm innocent pack, man. That man. and then girl like me. It's goaded. Yeah. Girl like me mm-hmm. is is a big one for me. I mean her, I mean they just jail well. They I mean, her drop, her dropped one of the best albums of the year too. I mean, oh, we can't yeah. forget about Back of My Mind. Back of My Mind now, was insane. Her, <laughs> Back of My Mind is better than this one for sure. Yes, I think so too. I mean, just because of off the the feature she's had and how she gelled and how the chemistry had with, I think she had a little baby on the track. Normally that Find doesn't work. Yes. Normally that doesn't work. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I, before I hit play on that song, I didn't think it was gonna work. Before yeah. I hit play on that song, I did not think it was gonna work. <laughs> And, they, and a lot of people are forced try to bring that type of rap in that R&B together. It doesn't work like that. But somehow, some way, it worked, which is super crazy. That's hats off the little baby, hats off her. But that, yeah, pick up your feelings on it. Girl mm-hmm. like girl like me. And then Price Tag. Price Tag was a, was a definitely good one because End of Pack was on that thing. And he just brings a different element to music. He does, man. He just always adds a different... Just, it's a bonus. It's always a bonus when you have a feature with him. Oh, for sure. And then he can, like, one of the other guys who's versatile as well. Like, mm-hmm. man, it's hard to be versatile in the music game, but he can do any genre. He can do rap, hip-hop, pop, I mean, soul, you know, all kinds of stuff. Definitely. 
We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our review of The Matrix. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our review of The Matrix, and we're joined by a special guest once again, Max Petion, a good friend of the show, and has been on for some past reviews. Um, thank you so much for being on, man. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate the invite again, and definitely for this movie, especially. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and to get into the overview of The Matrix, The Matrix is a 1999 sci-fi action film written and directed by the, uh, the Wachowskis. It is the first installment in The Matrix film series starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Carrie-Anne Moss, uh, Hugon Weaven, and Joe Pantoliani uh, depicts a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality, the Matrix, which intelligent uh, machines have created to distract humans while using their bodies as an energy source. One um, computer programmer, Thomas Anderson, under the hacker alias Neo, uncovers the truth. He is drawn into a rebellion against the machines along with other people who have been freed from the Matrix. Um, this film had a budget of $63 million and brought in $466.3 million in the box office. Won four Academy Awards, Best Visual Effects, Best Film Editing, Best Sound, and Best Sound Editing. And it's also considered to be just one of the best sci-fi action films of all time. Um, but to start off, Max, just what, what were kind of some of your initial thoughts on this film that was just kind of a great combination of spectacular action and uh, groundbreaking special effects? I mean, it, I mean, it was one of the you know, most amazing films at the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I remember how old I was, but I know, like, when I saw it, it was blew me away. Uh, you know, even tell to say, even like, you know, some of the themes or the, you know, the, uh, hidden messages were maybe mm-hmm. not so hidden. Uh, but you know, it was, it was, it was a great film. Uh, you know, fighting scenes were amazing. And yes. I think, I think, uh, that kind of just gave us like a, a glimpse into Keanu Reeves, like, you know, you know, where he is now. We're like, we, we just expect, we just expect this out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and to you, Savon, kind of some. What were some of your initial thoughts on this film? And also, just like like Max was mentioning, like Keanu Reeves, we know him now as the star he is. But this film was kind of like one of the the, the jump starts for his career as as seen as uh, now today. Yo, um, first watching this, I don't remember when I first watched this because when it came out, I was like six years old. So <laughs> I don't remember when I watched this, but when I did, now <clears throat> the regulation of Norman, I, I thought it was crazy. However, like dodging bullets, I was just stopping it. And we always try to mimic the, the action. So I, I definitely thought it, it stuck with us. I thought it was a good film. But when you're younger, all you want to do is do the little, the motion. I'm actually doing the motion now, guys. If, <laughs> I wish you could... See me do this. I feel like a jellyfish. I wish <laughs> this man's actually doing it. <laughs> no, for sure. I was actually doing it. Like <laughs> that's why we gotta get the videos up, man. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. Um, but but start start with our, our first topic for one to four stars. What would you give it? Um, I would definitely give it four as this was just a vast, exciting virtual reality film that really weaves a contained story into a complex universe. Um, to you, Max, kind of from one of four stars, what would be your particular rating for it and some of your reasons? Yeah, I'm going to say four as well because I'm, I'm more, I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'm drawn towards like Armageddon type movies uh, for some mm-hmm. reason. And I'm not sure if you've ever seen like the Netflix series Black Mirror. I kind of feel like this was like Black Mirror way before its time in a sense, like, you know, the symbolisms and all that stuff in it. And, you know, just, just the, the moves, and it kind of just remind me of like my my favorite move kind of movies were Kung Fu, so it kind of brought me into that. But it didn't make me feel like they were trying to take away from those movies. It was just like 
they were taking different elements and they made their own. So, I, I mean, I, I thought, you know, a four for me, it blew me away. Definitely. Um, so you say, Von, kind of like what would be your particular rating for it and some of your reasons? Four out of four. Yeah. Four out of four for sure. I think it was... Um, it it kind of changed how we how we looked at uh, action films and what they could do, uh, especially in edit and what and how you know dodging bullets became a thing and <laughs> slow motion was a lot of slow motion. But I think the storyline was dope as well. But four out of four stars because it jump started a lot of careers. We got to see um, Lawrence Fishburne, who was already kind of big in the, the industry, do a different role, and we got Keon Reeves and a whole bunch of other people. So I think it was a it was a dope film, four out of four. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now transitioning to to our next topic, favorite character. Um, for, for me personally, I would go with Morpheus as he was just mm-hmm. kind of the perfect leader of the team, and you can tell that Lawrence Fishburne just fully immersed himself in the role. And this character doesn't seek glory, and, and the kind of the self the selflessness he possesses is is just his the over, overarching quality that he kind of uh, brings through this this entire film. But to you, Max, kind of like, what was who was your particular uh, favorite character in this one? Yeah, I mean, Lawrence Fishburne, like, come on, man. Like, yeah. you know, gotcha. like Boys in the Hood. <laughs> and then it's yeah. like, you know, he it, it's like an automatic for me. You know, obviously Neo mm-hmm. was legit. But I also, you know, it, you know, watching some of these, like, DC series, Make me mm-hmm. kind of feel like you know what Trinity was like, a you know a serious character like, you know in the in the how she you know kept Neil censored and you know was kind of always there and kind of sense. But I know she's she, she's probably in my top three: Neo, Trinity, uh, and Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to you, Savon, kind of like who was your overall um, favorite character in this movie? <clears throat> Agent Smith, hands down. <clears throat> Excuse me. Agent Smith was so good. I'm a huge yes. fan of Hugo Weaving. Like, his how he can transform characters and how he can go yeah. into different characters, especially the V for Vendetta is one of my favorite movies. He's he's a, the, the star. Yeah, he's he's actually the voice. And he, he, yeah, he's a star view from Vendetta. Right. from Vendetta. So like, I'm b- a big fan of Hugo Weaving. The guy can. My, he has so much range. With Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Yes. 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 Yeah, right. of the rings. Oh man. Yo, bro, but him like Mr. Anderson. It's just the voice, bro. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that was probably like the main line that mm-hmm. I, you know, everybody I knew was, was repeated. Around, like was saying everywhere, Mr. Anderson. Especially Mr. like a teacher calls somebody's name like that. <laughs> so Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Tough luck if that was your last name. <laughs> right. For real. 1999 was a crazy year for you, Mr. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now listening to most memorable scenes, first I had uh, Living Two Lives, where Agent Smith in- interrogates Neo about his dual identity. Um, Blue pill or red pill, Morpheus explains what the Matrix, matrix is and um, offers Neo the chance to wake up. Um, waking from the dream where Neo's initiation into the world of the Enlightened begins as the crew starts the process of disconnecting him from the Matrix um, also, the lobby shootout, Neo and Trinity face down a squad of uh, Matrix Spawn soldiers with a combination of martial arts and firepower. Um, the rooftop showdown where Neo takes on a group of agents in the Matrix. Um, the subway fight, Neo takes on Agent Smith. And finally, um, A World Without You, where Neo leaves a threatening message telling of his plans to liberate the human race. Um, but to you, Max, kind of like what were maybe uh, one or just two of, of the memorable scenes um, you kind of took away from this movie? Uh, I, I mean, one of the 
one of the ones that threw me for a loop was the uh, like visiting the Oracle. Yes. Oh my and goodness. it was almost like it's almost like she, you know, it's kind of set him up, you know, one to be sure he was who he was. And he was the know. one. Yeah. And she, you know, I'm not sure if she just felt like he was a little more, you know, prideful or whatever, but, uh, or he just needed, it's a little extra. I think, cause I think, it, I can't remember if that, if, if that was before or after he saves Morpheus, but, uh, you know, either way. That was, it was before. Like and that was before. Yeah. So it was like, he had no reason to keep going, but, Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like it's not just contingent on that exact moment for him to be. If he was the one that he's going to be there, anyways. Uh, but I, I kind of one of the one of the things I liked too was as he was saving Morpheus, and he had that like uh, when he started kind of feeling feeling out what he can do in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started getting a, a better sense of, of himself. Uh, that was pretty good, and obviously that beginning scene uh or early on scene when they're trying to capture him you know that suspense right there was crazy definitely um to, to you say kind of like what were some of your memorable scenes in this one or maybe just one in particular definitely when they were fighting in the the, the dojo or whatever um oh, yeah. him realizing what he can do and morpheus trying to bring it out of him uh the other one was when uh what's his what's his character name cypher was unplugging everybody. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> He's unplugging. Not like this. And then applaud. And then she just feel. <laughs> Not like this. And they'll applaud. That was a dope shit. And then. Uh, I think when Morpheus uh, was jumped out the. Uh, West come to the airplane. Was a dope scene. Come on Morpheus. Yeah. It broke the chain. It wouldn't even take all that. It, it don't yeah, even it take, take all that. that. <laughs> Being dramatic. <laughs> I just want to make sure y'all felt that. Oh, we did. We did. But but now getting into most memorable quotes. First, I had uh, what you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You feel, you felt it your entire life. Also, I don't think you are. No, you are. Um, I can only show you the door. You're the you're the only one that has to walk through mm-hmm. it. Um, he's beginning to believe, and finally, you you have to let it all go. Neo, fear, doubt, and disbelief. Um, free your mind. Uh, to you, Max, kind of like what was uh. J- 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 Maybe a, a one or two quotes in this one that that you kind of took away uh, t- took away from as some really memorable ones. Oh man, there are a lot of them. Um, I know there's a lot. See, uh, <laughs> the hardest one for me was no. <laughs> like that, that man said no. Like the bullets coming at him, he's like no. I'm like, um, <laughs> hold, hold on, man. I don't think it's supposed to go that way. Yeah. We, we don't just we don't just say no to bullets, you know what I'm saying? Like, no. uh, oh. oh, and another killer one. <laughs> hey, one another like killer one before that was, uh, we need guns, lots of guns, lots of guns. Like yeah. that was, you know, you know, you know, it was about it was about to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are my more action ones that I can think of. I, I think there's a lot of them, but you know. Yeah, if I if I, pull, if I pull one if I if I think of another one I'll pull it out but I feel like there are so many. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, to you, Savon, kind of like what were some of your memorable quotes uh, from this movie? I think all of the dopest quotes came from Morpheus. All that's what I'm saying. Literally, yeah. <laughs> I think one it was like when Neil was like, "What are you trying to tell me that I can dodge bullets?" And they said, "No, Neil, I'm trying to tell you that when you're ready, 
you won't have to. You know how Morpheus talking that? Morpheus voice. <laughs> Yeah, anything he, he said was cool in that movie. Deep pauses. Morpheus, you don't have to, Neo. Like, like, bro, why are you talking in such dramatic, like, fashion? He's got the bro. long Just, black coat. He's got the long black coat. <laughs> his hands behind his back. No, what killed me, how are your glasses not moving? <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. I, they're not super glued. I can, I can see around them. So how your glasses not moving? You jumping? You got one hand behind your back. <laughs> Those things are staying skill. Those things are staying. Skill. <laughs> it's, it's Those the, power really the, mag- the magnetic powers. The power of nature. <laughs> hey, Neo had glasses that had little little bands on them wrapped around the ear. But Morphe is so special. He just has the one sitting right He's special. Right He's special. <laughs> that's how he wrote the character. Either, either one of those. Uh, uh, user characters, you know, he made his own. Man, what that was? That's definitely most memorable of <laughs> accessory wise. Because how does glasses not move? How do you do that? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, bro. Um, yeah. Uh, but but now getting into kind of what did you like uh, the most about the storyline? And to me, just how this film not only asks big questions but but also presents ways to go about answering them. Neo is obviously kind of given a choice from the jump in. The heroes of the story are those who choose to understand the horror of their reality and fight to free others from it. But to, to you, Max, like in particular for the storyline, what element of it did you like the most? Uh, I mean, obviously it just connected to humanity. Yeah. Uh, you know, even think about quotes again, it's just like how, you know, Morpheus was talking about we've been, you know, dependent on machines. And this was in the 90s, you know what I'm saying, late 90s, and look at us now, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, it, it almost, it almost like you don't really, you like, movies are so good, like, the trilogy was great, and just like, you know, you just, you just gotta let it, you, got, you just gotta let it ride, but it was like, just to come out with another one, in the age that we're in, with metadata and all this stuff, it kind of just make, make sense, uh, you know, and, and it, it even talks about, uh, you know, Morpheus again, the matrix of system, the system is our enemy. Uh, you know, and, and the themes that, you know, where he's like, many of them are, are so uh, hopeless, depending mm-hmm. on the system, and, and you know, that they will fight to protect it. Like, I mean, that, those just speak to symbolism of today. You know, you think of, you know, things that, you know, just recently happened in, with January 6th and all that stuff going on. It's just like, Right, it kind of transcended. Like it was way before his time. It really was. Uh, probably just warning us about future consumption of, you know, reliability, relying on machines and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. I, I, I thought I thought the way they put it together, and you know, it, it, it was almost like it it wasn't it wasn't quite like I I know was coming next kind of mm-hmm. story. You know, especially when when the you know, Oracle threw us off, but. You know, I, I feel like the way they told the story with Neo and, and you know, it's just like one, it might just take one person to, to you know, recognize something's off to, you know, to, to kind of push the revolution or give the revolution a jolt that it needs because the revolution was already started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I thought that the way they put that together from beginning to end, uh, you know, even thinking what they did afterwards, uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing all around film. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you say, Von, kind of like, what was the particular element in this storyline that you kind of liked the most? It had that, I don't know, the 
the sci-fi that was in there, it had that the action, it had the different element of slow motion, which kind of catapulted a, a bunch of films that are Wachowski um brothers that that did. Well, they're not brothers anymore. I think they're part of the <laughs> never mind. The other what? community. Oh, okay. you, they they both had sex changes. But anywho. Uh uh. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know where <laughs> No, I mean, I was just I, I, that was news to me. That, that, that was, but anyways, go on. yeah, bro, you didn't know that. <laughs> they go by Lena and Lily. <laughs> I'm seeing that now. The Matrix, Resur- the Matrix Resurrections is directed by Lena. Yeah, and then they directed V for Vendetta. They directed mm-hmm. Cloud Atlas, which I love yeah. with um, um, Holly Berry. Oh, that was fire. Weaver and um, who's Forrest Gump guy? What is his name? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. But so that kind of catapult all those films with a different element. That's what my point was. The different elements of the slow motion, the action, the sci-fi that that's intertwined between all of them. But I think that was that was the mystery of it. Like how can these guys just defy Do what gravity? they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. And then be so cool because they got Will Smith passed up on it. But I couldn't that's see. That's what I was about to say. That was about to okay. say. Like, 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 what do you guys think about Will Smith passing up on, on the Neo role? I think that was the best thing ever. I couldn't see. All I would mention, think of is Men in Black, and I think that's why they wanted to get him because mm-hmm. he was playing a Men in Black, and it's kind of like sci-fi type vibes because it's a different reality world, and you're yeah. fighting these machines that look like <laughs> octopuses. Like <laughs> to me, yeah. I don't know if that. that I yeah, don't but, think. Yeah, man. To, to, to you, Max, like, like, kind of. What are, what are your, some of your thoughts on that? And just. I mean, it, it it was a type of role that, that obviously it was a major it was a major type that you could get yourself into at that point of his career, but also it didn't feel as though it was the right moment for him to get into something like that. Yeah, it was one of those like man, it would have been cool to see him there, but I wonder if it would have had the same kind of feel, you know? Like, right? I, I mean, I enjoy the movies that Will Smith is in, and even the ones that aren't good, I still enjoy them. Uh, but it was like, you know. It was they had the, they had the right person, you know. It's mm-hmm. like you Definitely. don't you don't always know. Like like even look at some of these whether it's a show or a movie that has you know multiple, uh, you know you when you feel like maybe a person works, but then you see it and you're like, no, I don't think anyone else could have done that, you know. Mm-hmm. But Neo, right? You know, and, and like that. I mean, uh, shoot, what am I saying? What's the guy's name? Uh, Keanu Reeves, like, Keanu Reeves. like no one, no one could have done that. Like you know, even like you know his his movies, like uh, what's the, what's the last ones that he did the the John Wick, you know, like Wick, you're not thinking, yeah, you're not even thinking about, you're not even thinking about, oh, the, it's the Matrix guy, you know, the way he the way he just acts, it was like the right person for that movie. So like it was kind of like oh it sucks that Will Smith, but maybe maybe you know. Uh, it was written in the stars for it to be uh, Keanu Reeves, so I don't know. I, I like I like it the way it is. Yeah, and and before we get to, to our last topic, there is a new Matrix film coming out um, uh, December twenty second, and obviously, like you, you have a, a different uh, Morpheus with, with Yahya Abdul Mateen the second playing him, and it's just been so it, it's been like so many years like since we've seen a Matrix movie. But but to you, Max, kind of like. Do you have like any expectations for it, or do you feel as though it's one of those things where it's just going to be interesting or fascinating to see a different Morpheus take on this role, and also years later us seeing a new Matrix movie? Yeah, man. I 
I don't know what to expect. I'm excited though. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with Yaya, I'm like, I, I really like him as an actor. Like, yeah. And everything that I've seen him in so far, like, I'm like, this dude, I like this dude. He looks good. Uh, and and so I'm I'm kind of excited to see. I mean, I'm not sure why Lawrence Fishburne wasn't in it. In it, I'm pretty sure somebody's explained that or what they will. But uh, I think it's kind of cool it, to bring in a few new faces and change it up just a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. You know, I'm hoping I can watch it. You yeah. know, the the day it comes out. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Definitely. Uh, to, to you, Savon, like, do you kind of have any expectations, early expectations for this and just some of your thoughts on there being a, a, a new Morpheus? I'm interested, not, I'm I'm not interested on the new Morpheus because I think it's going to be the same character, obviously yeah. with just a different form. <clears throat> I'm, I'm so more so looking forward how they're going to do the, um, what's her, uh, Trinity thing, because she died in the uh, revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm interested how there, is it a figment of his imagination or is, I just want to see how they're going to construct her back into it when we clearly see she died in the revolution. So mm-hmm. I think that's the, just like how Fast and Furious brought back with the, the Asian guy, whatever, I forgot his name. And then it kind of got people interested into it. But I think that's the one I'm more, more interested in than how everything's going to play out. Cause technically Neo died too. Yeah. There's so many unanswered questions. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And now getting into our last topic, 10 years from now, like, do you still think this will be watchable and intriguing? I mean, obviously it is to the test of time. It it just holds up spectacularly because the themes are universal and it's, it's just been the type of a pop cultural phenomenon that can still be dissected and analyzed even today. But to you, Max, like, what do you think will continue to make this watchable and and intriguing? And even for, for new viewers that see it, um, that, that haven't seen it in the past. Yeah, I think the relevant themes of today that are still in the film, you know, I, I, you know, it's still, it's still, uh, it still hits in today's yeah. world because of the themes they have in there. So, I think, I think there's, I guess, those are certain ingredients you have in films that that stand the test of time. Is just like its its ability to transcend generations because uh, it just connects on a human level and, and the things that we experience as humans especially in this more even advanced world that we're in. So, yeah, I definitely think it'll, it'll, it'll stand in test of time in another 10 years. Definitely. Um, and, and to you, Savon, to close it out, what do you think will just continue to make this movie um, just, just so watchable and intriguing? The the different element, like I always reiterate, there's the slow motion, the dodging bullets, the defying gravity, but it wasn't like in a cheesy way. They did it in a way that was entertaining. Obviously, yeah. it's going to stand the test of time. People watch the Matrix sequence or the series or for, from time to time, and now they have another one coming out. So, And then you see Keanu Reeves play one of the best roles he's ever played, and now he has John Wick, so he's having a, he had a fantastic career. But I think just yeah. the defining gravity and all the the cool stuff that brings about it. Yeah, and, 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 and before we close out or or, or, or leave, um, to, to you, Max, like in terms of all three movies, like would you guys uh, say that the Matrix, like the first one, is still the best one out of out of all three? I oh good. You go ahead. You go first. I'll let you get that one first. No, I think Matrix Reloaded Reloaded is the best one to me. Um. Because now we see Neo's true ability and what he can do. Now he's flying, like bro, like 
crazy. <laughs> and then I don't know, the fight seems a little better, especially when it was in a park. And then Mr. Um, and then Agent Smith is not an agent anymore. He's broke free. He can go into different realms. I think Matrix Load is just then you can see Roy Jones. Shout out to Roy Jones, Roy, Jr. Roy, Roy Jones. Jones. <laughs> I thought yeah, I think Matrix Re- uh, Reloaded was the best one. Revel- Revel- Revolution was dope, but I I thought Reloaded was better. And then the first one, I, if we go in order, I think it's Reloaded, then the first Matrix, then Revolution. And Revolutions. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I want I, I want to. Yeah, I I agree. I think for me, I'm always like, man, I wonder what happened next. And so the, the exactly. way they came out with Reloaded, yeah, was just like definitely. okay. You know, they upped the game. It wasn't they just stepped like, it up in a major yeah, way. It wasn't like, hey, let's just do this again. Because the first one mm-hmm. was great. It was like, all right, the first one was great. We got to create something all entirely different to lock people in even further. So, uh, you know, obviously it's still a Matrix theme, but like you said, the flying and the, he was just like, he wasn't really tethered like everybody else was to the system. And he was just like, He's gonna do his own thing, and he can yeah. get in and out of out of the matrix however he wants. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I would say the second one uh, was the best. And you know, I'm almost definitely. I, I, hey, maybe they'll surprise us, and this fourth one would be better than those were. You, you know, we'll that's see. gonna be a tall task. That's gonna be a tough. One. <laughs> hey, Keanu can still fight. So hey, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Um, but Max, thank you so much for being on for this review. It has been an absolute pleasure um, having you on, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, you guys, for uh, letting me come back. And, and uh, as, as, as I always say, it's a pleasure uh, hanging out with you guys and, and uh, you know, talk, chopping up with these movies. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm host Wenzel Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later. <laughs>